Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro Try News. I'm joined today by the man that everyone's been asking about, Mark Matthews. I think people are only asking because they were hoping I would be the one that kicked Angry Domestic in the balls, but uh, they also forget that I'm not going to always do that. So I'm back, but it's, yeah, that's that's the only reason why. How are we? Good, good. And then we're also joined by a guest, Ruth Apple today. Ruth, how are we doing? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm in currently not so warm, but quite sunny Spain. So that's nice. Is that Casadel Brownlee? It is Casa del Brownlee. It is um, thankfully back up and running. It had a bit of a flooding situation. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> had to get a new bedding and all sorts. It's been, um, yeah, interesting. Oh, blimey. Well, I'm glad you've recovered from that. So you're obviously on today because the uh, Professional Triathlon Organization have just released, by the time this show goes out, their new ranking point system. And you are, of course, on the committee that's about organizing that um to, to start us off like the old system was obviously your best three races against um a score that came out produced by largely thorsten and there was a bit of lack of transparency on how that scoring came around every race should theoretically be able to garnish even scores and then it was the athletes average three ranking scores at the end of the year um that caused it do you want to just give us your take on why that system kind of wasn't fit for purpose yeah, so I think, um, well, I'll give you, so my personal view on it first was, I think, the sort of lack of transparency around why some of the kind of ideal times were come, like, sort of how he got there. I think that was a big thing. I think the fact that there kind of wasn't any tiering, like, in my view, I was like, I think that would help the sport in terms of encouraging the best athletes to be at the best races, which I think is good for the sport as a whole. Um, and also being able to have some kind of idea as an athlete as to what you were going to score before you went to a race. So I think that was, and largely speaking to lots of other pros, I think, yeah, transparency was probably the main thing around why has this person got this score at this race and this score at this race. Um, and it seemed, yeah, it definitely seemed, I think, I don't think anyone would argue that where the rankings ended up, particularly when you look at like the top 20, I don't think people would say that's wrong, really. I think most of what you look at in that looks pretty spot on. So from a from an overall thing, I think the initial system was good, got us to a good place, but kind of in terms of going forward and being able to try and explain it to fans, other people, you know, I think we just felt there was potentially a better system we could come up with. So yes so i think i think the transparency bit i couldn't agree more on like as a let's just look at me from a podcast rather than the husband's side of life like if having no idea how they got to those points and we just wait to see them come up on the website and every few weeks we'd be like what that just makes no sense without being able to look at the formula even if it was horrendously complicated you you know we could have found a mathematician to come on and take us through it but there was just no access i think that's really important the um the targeting before races thing uh the new system has that and we'll come on to that in a minute do you think athletes will change the way they approach the races they're going to do or they would have done if they had more transparency so if they knew what they could score where do you think athletes would have changed and they will change 
I think it will change some people's thoughts. Um, I think particularly around, say, like the PTO tour races. Um, I think now the kind of extra points that you could get there, um, which then relates to obviously end of year bonus, your ranking, which I think actually in terms of where the sport is hoping to go might become more important I think so again, like it depends on the person and it depends on their strength but I think it will I think it will hopefully encourage people to kind of say oh if I was thinking about doing a random Ironman versus a regional champs it might encourage more strong people to go do the regional champs which I think we had to a certain extent but not always yeah i think i agree i think it's certainly something that our house i was looking at and probably probably yours very much so as well so before we skirt around the issue i'm going to spend a couple of minutes just running us through what you've come up with on your committee oh lastly Ruth, who's on the committee so how did this um, come so on the committee so it came about pto actually just sent an email out and said we know people want to have some change with rankings. If you want to be on the committee, basically put yourself forward. So everyone had an opportunity to put themselves forward. Um, I had obviously been quite vocal in my thoughts around <laughs> the previous committee. So I was like, I need to put my money where my mouth is and actually try and uh, put forward some positive change. So yeah, so I think everyone who put their name forward got on. There was a couple of other people who were initially on the committee that dropped off quite quickly. Um, but yeah, so generally the committee, it was me, it was Jackson Laundry, Rene Kiley, Danielle Lewis, and Anthony Costas. And then we obviously had kind of Torsten to help crunch the numbers of different systems that we put together. And we had Dylan helping feed in some of the kind of broader PTO thoughts, like some of the kind of commercial side of, um, you know, as I said, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but Collins Cup ended up being a big discussion point for us, um, which Dylan was able to kind of be the bridge of the commercial view of the PTO versus the athlete view. By, by the commercial view, you mean Dylan was the one that said it's definitely going to be a top tier race. There's no alternative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like not from Dylan, obviously coming from, you know, I think the other thing... It is obviously then trying to look at if we're trying to get PTO to a point where it takes the sport where we want it to be. Um, in terms of getting that broader media interest, obviously we have to keep the investors on board. The commercial board view at the moment is that the investors are very keen to have Collins Cup in that top tier, which I think like I don't think any of us would necessarily argue with from a it's obviously the flagship race or is trying to be the flagship race. I think it has some work to do but that's a different discussion. Um, but I, I just, I, you know, I think most of our view was it shouldn't really score points and it not scoring points wouldn't necessarily take anything away from it. But anyway, Collins Cup is still under discussion. So again, it, like, it's been included in the top tier because um, it is their flagship race. They want it to be seen as a top tier race. But I think there will be ongoing discussion about whether there are points and if it's a different because basically with with it being matches it doesn't really work with our ranking system <laughs> yeah as we saw point. last year it, yeah and we'll go on to the ranking system but as we saw last year like the matches the weather changed and depending on your yeah. matchup if you had a wheel sit on your potential time increases but let's let's be fair to the PTO um, they've put this scoring yeah. together they've put the money behind 
creating this system. And then all of the money that will come from doing well in the system comes from the PTA. So they absolutely have the right to have a commercial influence on yes. it. So I would never, I would never argue that. So let's dive into the system. So any race longer, any non-drafting triathlon race longer than Olympic distance with a prize pot greater than $10,000 is eligible to score PTA points. So that's straight off the bat. So anything longer than Olympic non-drafting. Where this system differs is it's not a single score that generates your final score. It's of three separate systems which are weighted as a percentage. So there is your race position score where you finish in the race. There's the strength of field score and there's the time score. I'll come back to it when I wrap up at the end, but 40% of your final score comes from where you finish in the race. 30% comes from the strength of field, which is very easy to work out as soon as the start list is out and the gun goes off. And 30% is the time. Of these, I warn you the first two are very very easy to work out and get your head around the third one requires i would say at least a good gcse and maths if you're in the uk um if you're you know if you're not maybe lower level college maths or whatever you're calling it in the states so just make sure you went to a charter school if you're in yeah okay got it yeah okay so if you're not at a charter school and you haven't got a levels in maths you're probably not going to get the third part of it but here we go so the position score is based around the tier of the race there are tiers going from diamond, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Diamond being high, highest, bronze being the lowest. There are very few diamond tier races. They are races with over half a million dollars prize pot. And these races include, and they will be exclusive too, based on that size of prize pot at the moment, unless something else changes. They are PTO Tour races, the Collins Cup, and the Ironman World Championships. They're currently the only races, I believe, that offer that tier of prize money if you win that race you get 100 points and it drops off at a two percent gradient in the, that race so 100 is nice and easy it goes down to 98 and so on and so on and so on the platinum tier races are uh 350k to 500k races these include the ironman 70.3 world champs challenge roth who must have upped their prize money a bit to get themselves into that bracket and i don't know if they're including their invite fees on that to get them in there but yeah they are they are yes they include the invite fees to get them into that bracket correct bullshit anyway let's carry on um and the world triathlon long distance champs is also in there suspect because they've also coupled up with the ibiza race um which is why i wonder maybe how that race has become a platinum tier race uh, because they are co-hosting a race with the pto to reduce the organizational fees i would assume uh, those those platinum tier races get you 95 points for the win and it goes down at a two percent drop off after that so we'll go through the numbers and it will all be released but for instance if you get second in that race you get 93 points versus uh, and then down to 91 for third etc gold tier races 75k to 350k for middle distance 150k to 350k for long distance that is most regional championships both Ironman and 70.3 uh, the challenge championships um, and something like Clash Daytona let's say uh, the winner there will get 90 points but the drop off is 
five percent, which is important because you quickly four hours scoring big points. Ninety is fine, but eighty five per second, then you're down to eighty one, seventy seven, etc. So it drops off quite quickly. And you can get where I'm going with this: twenty five to seventy five middle distance for silver, fifty to one hundred fifty k for full distance, and then bronze is basically everything else that's below that. You score eighty points for silver races, and you score seventy points for bronze races. These are the wins I'm talking about, and the percentage drop off increases so that if you're finishing seventh in a bronze race you're getting very very few points as your position score which remember only makes up 40 percent of your race position score ruth am i on ball so far yes perfect cool so there's some nuances to some of that stuff um but the tiers of the racing is is largely based around prize money what other metric do you use against you can't really like just work out what races have more prestige and what don't because that's completely subjective what continent you're on what distance you're focusing on etc there are some oddities in there i think challenge roth have used that influence they have as the challenge brand to get that race in as a platinum tier i imagine they were even pushing for it to be diamond tier race but they just don't put up enough prize money for it by including their invitational fee for me that's a bit cheeky because I, I don't know how you get your transparency over that I guess that's just between them and the PTO and they decide which athletes get that they're not spreading that they could be giving Jan a hundred grand of that Ruth do you know if there's any more info on how they got that pushed through yeah so um, again it was quite a big discussion point because I think obviously transparency was one of our key pillars of what we were trying to push for for um, the new rankings um, and when yeah when there were discussions around the tiers because I guess we sort of came up initially with what we thought tiers should be and then there was a bit of back and forth uh, with the commercial board um, yeah there was quite a lot of discussion about Challenge Roth Felix actually said he would happily publish all of his extra money that he puts out because um, I think the other thing that's important around Roth it's not just the invitational fees which obviously as you said it's quite big but not necessarily spread that evenly um, but he also I guess they're looking at like the broadcast like how much attention does the race get what's the kind of prestige of it um, again I'm not as comfortable about using subjective um, subjective things to determine different tiers but I think because that's exactly you, what we try to get away from right exactly yeah yeah um, but I think um, I think where we've got to with Ross and also Felix has said he will put his prize money up for next year he just couldn't do it this year because he'd already given out all the invitational fees so I think it will get to a point where the prize money is increased which is again something else that we're trying quite hard with the tiers to encourage people to put their prize money up to get into different tiers um, but yeah I mean I think with Roth at least this year which I think is a bit different to maybe the last few years 
you at least can't really argue that it doesn't have a very strong championship field. Um, oh yeah. But again, I, like <laughs> it's and I, and like, I, I, I do agree. Like in that, it's it's an iconic race. It's one of the biggest races in the world, and it. I have no dispute that it deserves to be right up there. It's just when you set a system in place to decide how a race gets in there, you shouldn't be able to circumvent it with influence. But Roth is iconic. Felix is a lovely bloke. I mean, let's just move on from it and leave that where it is for now. And, and hopefully then actually he just takes some of that invitational money away, puts it into prize money, and people go there and try and win it rather than they go to cash in a check as an invitational race, right? Yeah. Cool. Because otherwise, also, I, I, I wonder, like, how easy would it be for someone like Bahrain to get their race in there if they disclose their invitational fees for all their athletes they have around it? Like, you could wrap in the Bahrain team's contracts and call that their invitational fee, and suddenly that's one of the biggest races in the world. So anyway, right. We've worked out what the 40% is. It's still, it still stays simple with the strength of field score. And in fact, that's probably the most simple. The average ranking of the top five PTO athletes present is this the soft score, the strength of field score, which makes up 30% of your score. So if you have the top five athletes in the world, there's 100 points, 99 points, 98, 97, 96, and they divide that by five, 98, whatever, is your soft score. That is the strength of field score. If there are less than five PTO ranked athletes, it's however many there are there still divided by five. So you have to have five PTO athletes there. There are some nuances around the potential for this because it's off who starts the race, not who finishes the race. And if you're, say, I don't know, a group of long distance females like Ruth would class herself as, say, Sky Maunch, Cat, a few others, is there a world where you could see a WhatsApp group going around Ruth being like, right, let's go hit this race together. We'll all go do. We're not going to win. We're not going to win Ibiza. And I'm not saying this will happen this year, but is, is there an option where we're not going to win the um, PTO race in Ibiza? We'll go and hit the long distance world champs together, which is already a platinum event. If we can get five or six pro females going, we can significantly improve all of our scores, irrespective of who wins. Do you ever see a way out of that happens? Um, I think potentially, but I also I think it's unlikely. Um, because I think again, I look at like the attention that the PTO tour races get from like that media coverage, prize money, etc. I think it, like it's possible, but I still yeah, and I still think that you might get that a bit more for say some of the regional champs to be like let's yeah. make sure we get a strong field at a regional champs but I think okay, that's a good yeah. thing like I think if people can club together and be like let's all go race each other absolutely like, the more you yeah. get the strong people racing the better yeah and I, I actually quite like gamesmanship in sports rules I like it when there's there's ways to manipulate a system to your advantage and yeah. if that did happen I don't there's no moral objection to it right you're just playing within the boundaries so so far we've got 40% yeah. of your scores your position 30% of the score is the strength of field that's all very matter of fact the time is where it gets a little bit more complicated now mm -hmm. the time score they work out a baseline which is the average of the tier base points so if you're going to a uh, if you're going to a diamond race it's 100 points and then they take the soft score so say the other example where you've got all five in the world so your 98 points is your average soft score and they take an average of the 
those two numbers, right? So now you're on, let's call it 99 points. So you start off with a baseline of 99 points. And that, that would be extremely high, by the way. You start off with a baseline of 99 points. And then you add to or subtract from that baseline based on your time ahead of uh, the average finishing time. Now, if there are, uh, let's look at a, a, a decent number. So if there are nine to 12 finishers, what they do is they take the average time of the top three finishers. For each percentage you finish, 1% you finish above that average time of the top three athletes. That's if there are nine to 12 finishers. More than 16, it's five. So let's say a big race. You take the average time of five finishers. If you finish 1% above that time, you get six points. So in our example, you started with a base of 98. So now you would be on 104 points. If you're 2% ahead, you're on 110 points and so on and so on. If you are below that average time, you start to lose points of the baseline type. So say you're 1% below the average time, the baseline's 98. Remember that average of the 100, and sorry, this baseline's 99, the average of the 100 and the 98 soft score, 100 being the tier points, 98 being the soft score. Um, you then start to subtract six points for every percent you're below. The maths on that gets a little bit complicated because there are, the way they work out the average is in five stages. So four or fewer athletes is only the first place time. So but it's basically becomes almost irrelevant because no one's faster than the first place time. So it's just the average of the soft score and the tier. If there are five to eight finishes, it's the first two times are averaged. So only the first person is getting plus points and second person below starts to lose points. And then if it's uh, nine to 12, as I said, it's three athletes, 13 to 16, it's four athletes. Now, as I'm saying this, I, I feel like it's confusing. Um, to summarize, Tier-based points, so the, the, the level of the race, 100, 95, 90, versus the average against the soft score. So if the soft score, the strength of field based on the top five is 80, so you'll average those two out, and then you start to gain or lose points from that number based on what percentage you are, the average finishing time, which is determined by the number of athletes that finish the race. Ruth, can you do any better at trying to explain how that works? No, I can't. Um, okay. That is unfortunately the complicated bit, and um, it's quite good though. It's quite clever. So we were trying to make it so it was again quite objective and fair. Um, the reason we kept time it's so again time is probably the thing that we spent the most time talking about um, because we were as a committee we were very split on like should time be an element should it not um, you know I think you can kind of argue it each way however it like we ended up at a point where people felt actually if you I don't know let's say like Taylor Nib winning 70.3 worlds by such a margin probably there should be some reward from that um you know like you're in a strong field you've won by a massive margin you know that should probably be recognized plus and then i think the other side of that is actually if you have really close racing with a strong field like that probably you know if you're finishing all within 30 seconds of each other that probably deserves more and again like where where we were going around in circles with it is like again it becomes a little bit subjective around what's a good time and with there other factors etc but we basically we spoke to quite, quite a lot of other athletes 
and it seemed like the general consensus was most athletes, not all, wanted some kind of time element. We actually ended up with two different systems that we took to the athlete board to make the final decision. And one of them wasn't using this average. It was just using like the winner's time and going off that. But after discussion, we basically felt like the average one was a bit fairer because again, otherwise you could get a situation where someone ridiculous turns up at a lower tier race and everyone else kind of gets penalized as opposed to rewarding the fast person. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we played around with it a lot. <laughs> I can see why athletes want it. And I think it makes an awful lot of sense to say it there. I think like personally, I would like to have seen it in more because it's not really 30%. So as we've gone back to the start, 40% is your position, 30% is the field, 30% is time. It's not really 30% is time though, is it? Because to make up the time, you've heavily included the race position and the strength of field to create that baseline. So you're you're effectively doubly rewarding as you're doubly rewarding the tier of race score. So the tier of race gets rewarded once in the first forty percent, but it also gets awarded again in the time score because that's what the baseline's created from. And the strength of field is kind of naturally going to be stronger in those diamond tier race like the Collins Cup, like PTO, like the World Champs. So it it makes it incredibly hard to get a good time score in a race that's not actually a platinum or, or sorry, a diamond or platinum race. So I'd, like you, you'll never get a very good time score unless you get extremely lucky and you get a field of 20 finishers that are, that are ranked and you absolutely annihilate them and have like a 15% margin. Is that fair? Because that baseline score comes from that that tier. Yeah, I was just trying to look back at the moment of <laughs> because when we again we went through lots of different different iterations and we made sure the main thing we were looking at from the overall what does it spit out is that table that's on the explainer doc that has the where do you finish in a certain race and where does that kind of get you and we had that with we had that with having gone through actual races and putting in like all of the different scores to make sure that it did still kind of even out um because like the one thing that we wanted to make sure is that you're not just creating like the diamond platinum oh you get up into that and then you're fine and no one can ever come up like one of the really important things for us was there is a way to progress and there's a way that if you're winning a normal Ironman normal 70.3s and doing well at regional champs that you should be able to get enough points to get you up into that top 40 Um, but if you're doing Gold, if you're doing a gold race, working out that baseline score, you start with 90 points plus or, or averaged against the strength of field, which is, let's say, much more likely to be weaker. Your baseline score, before you even start trying to go up or down against your time, is going to be in the 80s, 70s versus a diamond race where it's going to be in the 90s. So you're already 20 points lower off 
before you've even started to take into account. So then to catch up to that, so there's an athlete that finishes on level. So they just get the baseline score. They are they are one of the average times overall. So they've they've done one of the platinum races, diamond races. They've finished in an average place. They've not won. They're going to be starting off on like 90 points. If you've absolutely romped a gold tier race, you then have to finish 5% ahead of the average time in that gold tier race before you're even level on just the time score even though you won by 5% with someone that had an average time at a diamond race so it's still quite hard I see what you're saying yeah I think like where and that's why we ended up with the 40 30 30 in terms of percentages again we played around with the different percentages and that felt like you're then getting like obviously the main thing is your race position score strength of field is constant so yeah okay if you end up at a gold race and it's not a great field then you won't get that many points for that but it should still be roughly like if you're winning a gold race generally speaking that should put you somewhere in that sort of six to eight of a diamond race roughly obviously depends a bit on like strength and field and time puts you in about about the top 20 I think oh uh, 90 points no it should you should yeah no yeah definitely be in that six to ten which we felt like that's kind of reasonable Um, absolutely yeah absolutely because if you're winning gold races you probably are then also going to be doing platinum and diamond races at some point so if you can then do well in those then and of course (laughs) triathletes don't race that many times in a year so if you're if you're going to do some diamond races you're actually going to do very few gold races the the chance being if you're going to do all the PTA races the Collins Cup and say you're a Christian Blumenfeld wherever and you're going to do Kona as well well how many how many gold races are you going to do yeah yeah okay interesting so I think we've kind of got through the three tiers and then the way they finalise the score is it's just a weighted percentage mass so they just look at they take that final number and they weight it based on each one being so 40% um, and the maths on that would work out it's like so if you on your tier score so say you win a 100 point race it's 0.4 times 100 plus 0.3 times the soft score so the strength of field score plus 0.3 times your time score which is worked out as we've talked through and that's how you that's how the maths will come about to weight a percentage and when all of that is said and done there are a couple of last little caveats so there is a 5% bonus for your best long distance race full distance race in only a bronze silver and gold event so excluding the Ironman World Championships and the Long Distance World Championships and Challenge Roth so you won't get a 5% bonus on those and I presume that's because they're already presumed to score excellently already yeah cool right happy with that 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 all sort of makes sense I think that's right because as the note in the document says it's because you race less so a a long distance focused Mm -hmm. athlete can race less times in a year and they're also by focusing on that training less likely to be successful or very successful in the PTO short 100k races broadly speaking and there's just less opportunity to score diamond and platinum long distance races so again that of course yeah or this 
this year and not sure with next year, but, you know, at a point when PTO hopefully starts bringing in some longer distance races, that might change. But for now, it was a... One of the other little nuances I cannot get my head around. A full distance race is defined as a race over a 4K swim, 120K bike and 30K run, including those with a 3.8K swim. Why on earth not just say a full distance race is a race with over a 3.8K swim, 120K bike and 30K run? I've got no idea. Okay. The amount of times we went through the explainer dock and I lost track of some of the little tangents. Rin started losing brain cells. Oh, I don't blame you. It's a hell of a read, this. My um, my father-in-law's got a degree in maths from Oxford and he was like, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks when I've got my head around this. Yeah. Oh, he, sent me, he sent me an email that I need to go back to him on. Oh, good. Well, John, if you're listening, she will get back to you. Yeah. I will get back to you. I, I need a bit of time to get my head around it. Well, I think getting your head around his emails will be harder than this one anyway. Um, yeah, that, that, was a great, that was a strange nuance. Go on. Um, oh. So say Oceanside, there's going to be, what, six to eight men ranked in the top 20. Yep. However, it's only going to be a silver tier race. But So where they'll gain those points back is the strength of field score. So they'll get a good weighting of strength of field score. Um, but it's it just doesn't have enough prize money. And that's why we can't be subjective, I guess. So you can't retrospectively look at a race and go, by the way, Oceanside's a wicked race. Loads of people do it. You have, that's why we sort of agreed up front. They, they have to have an objective way of ranking them. Right. But I see what you're saying. Like, it feels like it should be, but Ironman needs to rectify that mm-hmm. with better prize money rather than the PTO just include it because it sounds nice. Yeah. But they, they, they'll get a very good strength of field score from that though, Carl. Got it. Which will help the scores. We probably need to have Andrew Messick on a podcast ask him about raising the pro prize purses. <laughs> yeah. That's... I've not managed to listen to that. I need to, that's, my, that's my diary. Well, it's very soft, Ruth. So just so you're aware, okay. it's very soft. Well, he had a kicking on... in the balls from how, how we trained yeah. the week before. We had him booked long before that. What were you supposed to to just shout at him again for another hour yeah. and I bet he didn't have his handlers in the room when he did How We Train but he certainly did for our podcast <laughs> so um, the other thing is is the 52 week rolling period so obviously their points will fall off just like same as last time and then are you guys working on retroactively scoring all the rankings over the last year to match this ranking criteria yeah so we it'll again it'll be released on the 14th it'll all get updated and that is backdating, so there will be some changes. Um, yeah, there will be some people that will fall out that people might... Well, I mean, by the time this releases, that will come out. Ruth, you yeah. created a ranking system where you lost three places in it. Yeah. What were, what were you thinking, mate? Big <laughs> I don't deserve to be higher. I mean, more to the point, I created a ranking system where Alistair's dropped below. Oh, my God, I saw Alistair's. Alistair's absolutely tanked out the rankings of this. I'm trying desperately to scrabble to find it because I, I got sent... I think he's big, like 35 or something. But in the, the big the big shifts, the men's at the top end, the, those top few largely stay the same. Christian goes to number one, um, but those names are the same. The big changes is the women's race. Ashley Gentle goes mm-hmm. to first. 
and how drops down to sixth. Uh, Lucy Charles goes up to second. Now, I can only assume that her points, it's because she got loads of points of the long-distance champs that she yeah. won against Emma Pallon versus yeah. her other races. So yes. in hindsight, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because no one knew at the time that was a platinum-tier event. But it, yeah. it respectively, Brett's respectively becomes it. But it won't affect anything because the rankings will change. Because yeah, now we did, again, is later, we had, isn't it? Yeah, and we again we had lots of discussion about how do we bring it in? Can you just and we were like, you know what, you're gonna have to cut the cord at some point. Yes, there will be some people who would say, Oh, I might have raced in different races, but we were gonna have to change it at some point. So as as you said, I think the main thing is most of the people that will still have the opportunity to race PTO opens haven't changed that much. Um and I imagine if anyone has dropped out that kind of feels like they should have an invite, I'm sure they'll get a wild card. Um, so it feels like for this year, at least, you've got good notice to plan your races, find the like top tier races to try and get those points if that's what you're striving for. Yeah, I've just found it. So let's just let people know on the day in case they can't find it. So men's side, Christian Blumenfeld, Gustav, Magnus Ditlev, Sam Laidlow, Lionel Sanders, Sam Long, Max Newman, Florian Anger, Frederick Funk, and Aaron Royal. Uh, thanks to Ruth, one of the largest fallers uh, was Alastair Brownlee. Um, in the women's side, uh, as it loads, you have Ashley Gentle first with quite a margin, 95 points. Lucy Charles second, 92. Paula Finley, 91. That's because her consistently appearing at, and she did very well at the Collins Cup, and she did very well in several of the PTO races. Um, Danny Rife in fourth, Taylor Nib, Anne Howe, Chelsea Sodaro, Laura Phillips. Holly Lawrence, Emma Pallant Brown. Uh, that makes up your top 10. I, the one that struck, jumps me there is Lisa Norden did very well out of that. Uh, Lisa well, Norden she had two, again, she had what, two pretty good finishes at World Champs. She the World also Championships. had a top six at Dallas. Yes, yeah. yes um, true. So that's three really, three diamond, little platinum, whatever the top one is. It's diamond, uh, it's I should know that, right? Um, yeah, so again, it shows if you go and consistently perform at those races, you can do well. I think we've done our best to cover how this point system looks. And then to, to kind of wrap us up, do you think different athletes will be on the top at the end of this year um, based on last year's ranking? I know we've seen it now because it's been retrospectively done, but do you think the athletes that we would expect to see on the top now uh, actually dominated that side of life? But do you think you might see a Rife, Lucy Charles, someone like that change their focus of racing to get back on that top spot? Or do you think it will carry on with this sort of focus towards those 100k athletes at the very top? Yeah, I think it's hard to say because I still think, you know, you could say someone like Daniela, she could win Roth, win Kona, do averagely at, well, like I say averagely, you know, like come top five at a PTO race. Well, she showed at the Collins Cup. There's no reason why she can't win those, right? Yeah. So I think, I think again, I think for the next couple of years, we're probably still going to see a bit of a split between the people that Kona and Ironman were champs is like, that's their real focus. That's what's most important to them, no matter what the money's saying. 
that's like what drives them competitively and probably from a sponsor perspective i think it'll still take some time for what the pto is doing to bed in for it to become more important to sponsors you know i still think there's a lot of sponsors that oh, don't really just have say, races with podium bonuses say exactly that if you're a good iron man athlete iron distance athlete a single sponsor's bonus for Kona can be more than the end of year bonus you'll ever receive from the PTA. You know, if you win Kona and you're sponsored by Specialized Canyon or on the Bahrain team, you're going to be taking home way more for that win just off that bonus alone than you would get from the PTO end of year bonus. So I, I don't think even the money, I don't think it's quite right to say the money is with the PTO because you have to take in what these sponsors are paying out and it is just so much more or you well it is if you're the very top if you're an outsider that wins Kona it can be a bit of a bittersweet taste because you know what you could have been on once you sign those contracts <laughs> next year which I imagine is what Chelsea Star is now thinking like bugger I wish I'd won it this year um, but we'll see um, Ruth what's your year looking like what's next for you mate and thank you for coming on by the way that's right nothing I'd rather do with my Sunday evening <laughs> post, post food anyway um, what does my year look like um, well hopefully doing the May race that's not been announced properly yet. So, <laughs> if that, uh, I keep talking about yeah. it like it's like, like it's uh, Ibiza, but there's there's rumours on the street there. But anyway. So yeah, hopefully European Open um, to start with. Maybe something small before that, but um, yeah, I'm basically I'm trying to change my swim stroke, which is um, very much work in progress. So I need a bit of time for that to bed in. Um, and then Roth at the end of June against an absolutely ridiculous field, which I'm super excited about. Um, and then yeah, I haven't really planned much past that because it depends. Because of course you bagged your kind of qualification already yeah making for a nice like, chilled year for you. really nice place to be i mean i'd quite like to do the pto races in august but it's quite a lot of travel when i probably want to be doing a big kona block um but i'd also really like to go to singapore so that kind of you know might make it more fun to go um so yeah i kind of i need to see how it goes a bit it depends kind of where i'm at how i feel because again, like for me at the moment, I'm not very competitive at the 100k race. So like I need to have made some quite big jumps in my swim and run to really make those worth going to. So yeah, we'll kind of see lots, lots of options. We'll kind of see how the next few months goes. Go from there. Well, we look forward to seeing you back racing and uh, especially looking forward to seeing you tackle Ross. That is, I mean, having just sort of slated it for not properly being a diamond event, it's definitely a diamond field, as you say. So that'll be a good one to see you back. And obviously I'll see you for some wine before then. If you're back drinking wine after Friday night or are you still not, not in the wine race? I honestly don't think that was wine induced. <laughs> I say that every time I, I have a hangover, Ruth. I'm like, I'm really sick, but it's not the wine. It's some. It's my. It it's wasn't my a hangover. It honestly, it was a like. I didn't even have a whole bottle of wine, and oh. I'm reasonable at holding. Oh, for you, Ruth. That's a, I know. A warm up. <laughs> exactly, and it was honestly like I just got up in the night for a bit of water, drank some water, and it was literally like it flicked a switch, and I was suddenly then sick for the whole next eight hours. I'm sure. 
Oh, oh well, I'm sure Alistair was deeply sympathetic and caring. Um, he was, which, yeah. Oh, excellent. You've changed him. I love it. <laughs> right, we'll wrap up there. Um, it's a nice, quick cancer-through show on the uh, new professional triathlon organisation rankings, which released today. We're hoping we managed to align this pod nicely. Uh, thank you for tuning back into us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again for some of our regular podcasts when we'll talk about racing, what's going on, hot takes. But we need some racing to come back for that. So in the meantime, enjoy some interviews and uh, see you soon.